Welcome to the Health Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Dr. Rogelio Ralzola, a PhD in health, exercise, and sports science, a strength coach with over a decade of experience in personal, collegiate, and professional settings, and a sports scientist whose main goal is to use testing and data to maximize your health and performance. And I'm Brooke West, holistic registered dietitian, practicing the perfect combination of a functional nutrition, science-based root cause approach, and hippie magic, with areas of expertise in women's health and hormones, gut health, and micronutrient balance. We believe that health is multifaceted, but not as complicated as others make it seem. Our mission is to share what works and what's BS in the health industry, all while having a good time doing it. Expect us to share everything from new research to tried and true health philosophies to alternative health therapies and the occasional controversial topic. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Health Unfiltered podcast. My name is Ro, and I am here with the beautiful jungle queen that is Brooke West. What's up, Brooke? Hello. I'm just over here laughing to myself because... Both of us, before we start a podcast, we do like this deep breath of like, <laughs> we got this. And then we start ready. talking. It's like, yeah. it's like you got to hype yourself up behind the mic. I know. And we were just talking. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I just blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what's up? <laughs> How are we? Uh, I think I came in a little hot too, but I'll edit that post. Uh, how are you doing? How's Costa Rica today? It's early for those, Good. for anyone wondering. Uh, this is the earliest podcast we've recorded in a bit. Nine o'clock my time. Eight o'clock your time. You yeah. were yawning when I first saw you. So. Yeah, this is my sexy, raspy morning voice. <laughs> um, I'm good. I just got back from the United States. I, I, I'm beyond happy. It's like you think you're depressed, and then you, there's sunshine outside, and you're like, oh, like I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, fam. Because um, it's about to be summer here. I left, and it was rainy season, and then I came back, and it was. Sunny and the rain is gone, so I'm super happy. Wow. Well, that's good. How's uh Smooch doing? Because you left her while you were up, right? Yeah, she doesn't travel back and forth. You know, really, I just wanted her here. This is her home, and she did good. She was hanging out at the river, you know, sniffing around the neighborhood, just doing <laughs> her thing with her pet sitter. Um, but she loves it here, and she loves the sun, so she's super happy. All she does all day is rotate around the porches and like the yard and the house to wherever the sunlight is that's literally her life uh we just honestly like if people ask like what is how can i be healthier just be like smooch that's, that's what <laughs> really? it is be like hey stress less uh follow the sun lay around a bit <laughs> <laughs> she the other day she was uh i forget that influencer's name but she was trying to find just this little sliver of sunshine and she was trying to stick her butt in like the little sliver of sunshine. And so all that's the, all that's lit up by sunlight is her butthole. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this is a fitness trend. <laughs> like, it it was a thing on the internet. It was. Uh, and hey, I guess Smooch is doing it. So hey, maybe it's nature, cool nature leaves clues. You know, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, man. Well, good on Smooch. Good. You're, glad you made it back. Um, yeah, it's exciting kind of always being back in your home. I, I I was traveling only two days, three days was not anything like a couple weeks, but you come in and you're like, oh man, uh, I'm home now. Like this is, this is good. Um, while we were there, we, we had like um some mental health first aid type of uh, seminar and it made me, it made me think a couple things. Um, 
you know, we were talking about how some specifically like players uh, from um, like Latin countries like the DR, Venezuela, or even Mexico, like they get pulled, they come play over here, and it's like a total culture shock, right? Like you don't really have like a home feeling. And I remember, this is how my brain works. I heard that. I remember talking to my dad one time about how I'm okay with having like blank walls and nothing on a wall and like just I'm just a very simple, dumb man. And my dad is like, yeah, well, you know, like you, you put that stuff up because it like makes it home, you know. And I was like, well, like I don't have a home. I've been like from apartment to apartment to whatever really since I left home in Chicago. Yeah. And now that we have a house, it's like. I can finally understand, like, Casey being like, hey, let's put this up. And I'm like, oh, yes, it'll be nice to have, like, a place that's ours. And it's like, oh, this is our room with our pictures and that and how much of that has to do with, like, psychological well-being and having a place you call your own. And um, and I think that's not necessarily a trend that we're going to talk about today, but, you know, something that helps with some of the other stuff. Like, this is my Zen place. I feel at home here now I can relax or now I can focus on whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't remember how we got talking about that, but like I said, that's how my brain worked, especially at 9 a.m. in the morning. It's just like boom, 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 boom. Um, but yeah. That's awesome. That's also something we were talking about that at your conference too. Like, hey, how can you be more mindful that some of these people are just totally transplanted here and oh, dropped yeah. into a new life? For sure. I mean, it's it's a money thing, like obviously, like you're trying to make sure that the investment you made on these players or someone like is good. Um, but more so, like we are people to people, like as coaches, excuse me, as coaches, like your one job is to make sure that people are feeling safe and loved and respected, and that's how you get people to perform their best. And um, I think that's a shift that's happening in the at least the strength and conditioning space where. It's no longer just like uh, this big jack dude just yelling at you, you know, calling you a pansy if you're not doing work. But it's like, hey, like athletes are people, too, and we have to make sure that they feel good enough to want to play. Like you can't you can't separate like the field from life as much as you think you can. So it was interesting. It was cool for sure. I love to see it. Um, of course, the empath in me thinks it's all about like feelings and psychology. And then you're like, it's about the money. It's about the investment. <laughs> right. I, two schools <laughs> of thoughts, right? Like if you're on the floor working with people, it's for sure those relationships. And, um, you know, I don't know how people feel at like the highest pinnacles of running organizations or owning teams or whatnot. But, um, yeah, we hope that that's what they're thinking. But I also know that this is America. So... <laughs> You know, it is what it is. Um, Cool. So do you have anything? I know that uh, we kind of just talked about um, you traveling back, but I do want to give you space to talk um, about like any new business stuff going on. I know you've been posting. I know we've talked about that stuff. So hit me up. Let me know what you got. What you got? A lot behind the scenes. I've got actually a program every month in Q1 of 2024 already planned and I'm really excited about it. A lot of it is still under wraps. January, the year kicks off um, really focusing on hormone health and environmental health and how we can clean up endocrine destructing chemicals and switch to a low tox, non-toxic lifestyle. So that's what's coming in January, but I wanted to do something for the end of the year. So 
I have end of year rituals, surprise, surprise for anyone who knows me, that I like to do to reflect on 2023 and then, you know, what do I want to move into 2024 with? And I'm also certified in breath work. I really think it's a beautiful tool. So I'm hosting on Wednesday, December 20th, a breath work ceremony and then some end of year journaling practices and rituals that I like to do. So I call these embodiment workshops. It's not you just absorbing information. It's you being there and being present and actually going through these motions and giving yourself that time to do it. So I'm really excited about that. That is coming up. It is inside the community for community members, or you can just buy a seat just to be there for the workshop. So that's, that's what I got going on. What about you? That's awesome. Uh, for me, business-wise, it's just um, I'm kind of uh, finally, now that the season's kind of over, um, finishing up those ebooks that I had mentioned. Um, some, you know, I, I the two things, like one, it's always like I don't have enough time. Um, so how can we microdose our exercise so that it's like, hey, I don't need an hour. I need 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. Much easier pill to swallow. Um, no pun intended. We don't want you taking pills. Um, and then uh, the other thing is, this came from, you know, me recently injuring my back again last month. Is like, you know, just being like, oh man, I'm 30 now, right? Like I've been dealing with these things for the past 12 years. In in you know, it's like kind of like every three years something kind of happens, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that like, yes, strength means a lot of different things, but if you are only squatting, deadlifting, benching, or even just using machines, um, there's a lot of things that we're missing when it comes to core strength, uh, the dynamic capacity of the spine and your ability to rotate, ability to handle forces. And so I'm working on <clears throat> kind of a, an ebook playbook um, series, I guess, on how we can build build that up, like straight from if you've never done anything if it's been 10 20 years how can we make sure that you're stable on the ground um in a half kneeling position in a kneeling position um in a standing position and then like as you are loading weight so um you know it's something for like i'm trying to make it so that it's supplemental to your lifting routine or hey if you don't do anything else like we have to make sure that you are strong enough to deal with life and having to move a couch and having to bend over and get this thing. So um, those are those are the big things that I'm trying to um, to get out. And then, you know, just kind of focusing my clients a bit more on just lifestyle practices, right? I think that it's it's easier for me to to program and stuff like that's always been like an easy thing. And part of coaching, like I said, is the the talking and the relationships and but I, I think that we need kind of more information on that, whether that's like sleep diaries or, um, you know, questionnaires that are like, hey, how are you doing? Is there a way that we can objectively measure this so that a year from now, it's not like your sleep is better, right? And you're like, I think so. It's like, oh, well, actually, every three months we took this and here are your scores and we've talked about it. Um, and so it's just like, making sure that people are getting the the appropriate help um, that they need. So yeah, just kind of building that out for the next year and trying to balance it with my big boy job as usual. Um, 
And then, yeah, hopefully gaining another 20 pounds of straight muscle would be nice. Uh, Priorities. <laughs> that's the first one, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, things are, uh, things are good. But um, before we get into the episode, uh, and even though we've been riffraffing, we do have a question of the week. This one's for you, Brooke. Um, the listener wrote, I'm getting ready for a deployment. And it was recommended to take probiotics while away. What probiotics should I take? And is it okay to take them long term? Love this question. First, I was honestly impressed that it was recommended for someone on deployment to to tend to their gut health. <laughs> sure. um, and, but it can be especially the space hard. Is changing. Yeah. Know. Like, it, you know. And it's kind of stereotypical. Like we were talking before the podcast about changes in sports and the military is always behind it's like government funded and it's like sure. much it's like this big lag they're not taking $20 supplement stacks anytime soon <laughs> but um when it comes to probiotics this certainly could be a helpful thing you know in my opinion you want to do the the work on the front end so your gut health is solid going into any situation but certainly being introduced to a new environment your movement patterns are changing your sleep patterns are changing your stress levels are changing the foods that you eat maybe the cooking methods or things that you've never experienced all alter your gut microbiome so probiotics are definitely a way that you can help with that transition Usually I don't recommend specific probiotics unless I can see what's going on in someone's gut because there's very different strains, but there are some general ones that can be helpful. However, I don't recommend taking probiotics long term. Like I think it's to me, it's really about, okay, maybe two months of your seeding and you're putting probiotics into the system, but then you also should be eating lots of fiber and different things that help to really make sure it's rooted and sticks and then you have good gut health moving forward. There's only one probiotic I like long term. It's um, by Microbiome Labs and it's called Mega Sporebiotics. And because it's spore-based, it's different than just taking these huge, you know, 10 billion parts, you know, probiotics. It's different. And I, I think that that one is good for longer term if somebody <clears throat> wants something. And then there's a lot of different probiotics. I really like the Symbiotic by Microbiome Labs right now because it also has prebiotics fiber. Or Claire Labs has one called Therabiotics. Same thing. It's like some good general probiotics, but then it also has the sun fiber prebiotics because the prebiotics are just as important. The probiotics are the stuff, but then the prebiotics, like, feed it so that it can actually grow and, and populate and become part of the ecosystem. So those are my recommendations. And, um, you know, if you're going on deployment, it might not be realistic to take like six months worth of probiotics. But if you could take two months for that transition, your first few months there, it's got a pro prebiotic in it because you might not have, you know, access to like really high quality fiber depending on where you are and what you're eating. I think that's a good solution to try and support gut health while away. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I it's interesting that you said you don't take or you don't recommend taking probiotics for a long time. Um, you know, I every time I hear prebiotics and probiotics, it's like, oh yeah, you want to have like as much of this as you can all the time. Um, you know, like making sure you're eating yogurts and kefir and stuff like that. Um, I do think we should have like an episode on the ins and outs of like what pre and probiotics are and like you know, 
when it's appropriate to take them and then for how long because again like this is something that I just learned I'm like oh don't don't you want to be taking probiotics as much as possible um so yeah let's 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 pencil well, that in yeah but I will put an asterisk because that's a good point eating it is different like having probiotic mm. and prebiotic rich food should be a part of what you're doing but taking you know you're taking like the supplement version that's something I would only recommend doing you know, occasionally, like one, like a lot of times after I work with a client, we pick a probiotic based on what's going on in their gut. And then I tell them like, Hey, once a year, order, order a bottle to help support this and this, because this is what you're struggling with. Um, but you don't actually need to take it as a supplement. Gotcha. Yeah. See, I got lost in the sauce and I'm sure that happens <laughs> to plenty of people. So still want that. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks for that input. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a couple people that I can talk to that about as well. Um, cool. So let's get into to today's episode. So if you've been around for the past couple years, but for sure last year, last year we had an episode on what we predicted the 2023 trends to be uh, within the health and fitness and wellness space. I feel like every year the, the word, like the term gets bigger, right? For us, like health, health and wellness, health and wellness and fitness. And it's all just health, right? But it's yeah. just kind of whatever. <laughs> Um, and you know, we, we predicted what we thought was going to happen and also talked about what happened the year before. Um, and that's what we're doing today. You know, we are going to, uh, list or talk about the best and worst health trend of this year. Um, some of it is from input from our listeners. So thank you for, for giving us your ideas, ideas, um, except for, uh, Andy for the Rice Krispies hate. Um, and then we're also going to talk about our thoughts on what we think will happen in 2024. Um, and you know, I think that these conversations are always pretty neat because when you're in the space, you like, you see things, right. You see the dial kind of going one way or another, and then something random pops up, like we'll get into a Zempic, right. But like, that was not on my list of things that might pop up. And then it became this huge thing the year before, right. It was like, Oh, like influencers that are, you know, not natural and they got caught in like all this stuff that we kind of saw coming, but was interesting to see how it played out within the space. So, um, yeah, these these episodes are always my favorite because it gets me uh, gives us a chance to talk about like a whole year and like <laughs> the stuff that has kind of happened. Um, so to kick it off, let's talk about the things that we I won't say we got right, but that we were pretty spot on. Um with what happened in 2023. So I think wearables, like we called it, you know, technology will is always increasing in this space and all spaces. Um, so having wearables be, I mean, like change is, has been really cool because like the new Apple iWatches, like they have EKGs in them, right? Like, oh, they can tell you or um, inform you that you should probably go see a cardiologist because something is wrong. And while while the data on like calories burned and yada yada is still like very iffy, the fact that we have something that we can wear on our wrist at all times that like if something goes wrong and it's telling you like, hey, if you didn't catch that something in your chest is feeling weird, go see a doctor. Um, that's super crazy. And I think that that's like just really interesting, especially because we, we talk about how we should be in tune with our bodies and we should be 
you know, like I like I know when things are off based on whatever. Um, but I also know that people are in high stress environments. They are disconnected from the, who they are. And in that sense, wearing a wearable that's like, hey, you have gotten to this red flag that you are not even close to being able to recognize. Let's let's pull you back. Let's get you to go see a doctor. Um, I think that that's that's really cool. And it's all just like changing. Yeah, I do think that's cool. I I mean, the one that I really liked was uh, the stuff with the aura ring and Mm. like even its connection, taking your basal metabolic temperature and tracking your cycle for women. I was like, this is pretty freaking cool. I personally don't like wearing the stuff, so I don't do it. (laughs) But it's kind of wild to think about where the technology is gone and where it's going to go next. Someone last night I was at a dinner and they were like, we're living in the Jetsons. Like it was just an idea that we would talk to people on computer screens and like it's our reality. And I'm like, this is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, But I, what I don't, I guess my thing with wearables to play devil's advocate a bit is one, I think people can get a little obsessive about the numbers and then they, they let their, wearable override their intuition like I don't like that either like this isn't a thing that's like oh I don't have to worry about what what's happening with my body my apple watch or my whoop will alert me if I need more rest it's like Mm -hmm. no you like you still need to trust your intuition and connect to your body so I to me I'm just like you know you have to be careful I think about how you use these for sure it's one piece of the puzzle right like specific to to HRVs and, and like a whoop where you wake up you feel great the weights will move great. Like everything is pointing to like today's a go day. And then the watch is like, Hey, like you didn't sleep that well. So maybe slow it down. And you're like, Oh, well, which do I listen to? Right. Um, But I think that's where you have to, like you just said, be able to balance how you're feeling with this really cool tech that is still growing. None of it is like solidified to the point where I would I would bet my like salary on it. You know, it's not even close to that. I think one day it'll get to like 90%. I think it's very difficult to have tech that, you know, explains a hundred percent what's going on in, in your body. So. Yeah. Um, like I still don't trust that calorie data. It's like, Oh, a hundred percent. Like I'm like, I block it. I'm not going to lie. If clients <laughs> are listening. I block it through the app that we work with because I don't trust it. And I don't want you hung up on, I burn 222 calories during my workout. Like no yeah. block. I don't yeah. want this data in here and you don't need to be looking at it either. It's, it's like so hard to tell. It's just like, Oh, based on how many, like your heart rate went up and then based on the uh, number that you put in for how much you weigh and how much activity like you tend to have, it it's just a guess. Yeah, I I wouldn't trust that either, <laughs> like <laughs> at all. Um, the other thing that we um were we struck gold on was kind of a mental shift in what success is. Um, <clears throat> and I think this is really interesting because it's still. Is like a, I say remnant, even though it's only been three years, but a remnant of COVID and 2020 and how people, you know, are like still f- fighting back from like, oh yeah, having this nine to five that pays me X amount, that gives me a 401k that helps me yada, yada, yada. Like, I think not only is there like a shift because of 2020 and COVID, but Unfortunately, like, you know, millennials are not in like the best place financially. And then 
Gen Z who's coming up uh, is like, oh, well, you guys just don't have to do it. And it's like, well, I guess. <laughs> sure. Um, and then I don't know what the hell's going to happen with Generation Alpha, but it's just like so much of the the thinking between like, hey, if if you are you know, making less money, but you're happy and you're traveling and like you're choosing kind of different stressors. Like that's what success is. Less people are buying homes because it's expensive. And like that was always like, hey, you hit the American success story. Like you own land, you know. But I think that, like I said, so much of it is just shifting to be like, are you happy? And are you able to live the life that you want? Then like that is that is successful, right? There's less people kind of looking down on you and being like, mm, this guy doesn't even clear 60. It's like, yeah, I also don't have things that own me. So kind of a trade-off there. Yeah, I'm kind of laughing to myself. Like this much must really stress out the American financial system, which is solely based <laughs> sure. on debt that everyone's like, you know, maybe I don't need this random mm-hmm. materialistic lifestyle and a brand new car every year. Um. I feel like I have a really biased opinion on this, so I don't feel like I should speak to it too much because I live in a community of people from all over the world who are like, and forget this, I'm doing it differently and yeah. move to the jungle. So um, I love to see it personally. I think like changing what success and like the definition of rich and wealth, seeing that change makes me really happy. And that's not to demonize money. I think money is like a really great resource, especially when used appropriately, but I think this is shifting a lot and people want their happiness like for them and their partner and their families uh, to be the most important thing. So I hope this continues as a trend. Yeah. Anyone that says, no, we need people back in offices. Relax. (laughs) (laughs) You're a CEO or someone else. Um, And so I think the the last thing that, that we hit on, which I think will always be around as you know, we kind of alluded to earlier about how time is always a problem um, was hit, you know, high intensity interval training and being able to sort of maximize the amount of intensity within a short amount of time and get, you know, quote unquote, the biggest bang for your buck. Um, Especially when we look at the benefits between or look at the benefits of cardio um, at high intensities, right? You're going to have I mean, we won't get into like cellular health and how it helps with diabetes and stuff, but we know that that's all going to play a role and it's going to be really beneficial for you to jack up your heart rate for a couple times uh, a week. And like, that's going to help you be healthier. Now you can make a case for like, you know, you using HIT in the form of uh, biking or running, but also a form of HIT in the form of uh, resistance training, so utilizing weights, but at its core, it just boils down to like being able to fit an exercise where you can, having it be appropriately dosed with higher intensity so that it's like, hey, if I got 10 minutes, these are going to be like a good, tough 10 minutes. Um, and then being able to kind of reap those benefits. Um, and that I think will just because even though we're changing what success is and like vibing through life it's it's tough for some people to say like i'm going to spend an hour hour and a half focusing on exercise so um hit will will always have a a place and i think that that will just kind of continue to grow um but it'll be like 
what hit means is going to expand. Like it's not just going to be sprinting and it's not just going to be biking. Um, but yeah, have you incorporated more hit into, into what you do at all, Brooke? Not really. Uh, you know, I was in such a place. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't do that. <laughs> I really don't. Well, because it's, I was really struggling with a lot of autoimmune flares and like you really uh, yeah. have to listen to your body for sure. And, you know, it's almost like a different set of rules in a way. And I, so I don't do a lot of hit now. And I do around my cycle. I do try to cycle sync, obviously like adjusting to what my body says more than days on a map or a chart. But, um, I, if I feel really full of energy, which is usually around ovulation, then I'll go to like a women's hit class here that I love mostly just because I love all the women. It's really fun and like community based. Yeah. But no, but I like the idea of changing the definition of hit of like maximizing your 30 minutes. Cause when I do, when I do lift, I'm on these like timed intervals where I'm not wasting time and I'm like not mm -hmm. just sitting there resting for three minutes. Like, so you could argue maybe that is some type of, I mean, not high intensity, but it's an interval training that really allows me to maximize minimal time. Yeah. No, I love it. Right. There's like, oh, if I have half an hour, I can't spend five or 10 minutes scrolling and waiting. Right. Like, nah, let's get, <laughs> let's get to work. Uh, yeah, uh, so I want to transition to the to the worst things of this year, and and we we both kind of have um, things on here that we're like, oh, that's interesting. I want to hear your take because, like all things, there's a good and bad, but um, we're focusing on the bad of it now. <laughs> so let's start with uh, Ozempic. I noticed that you you know you put this on here. I want to kind of get your your take on um, what it is and and maybe why you think it falls within that worst category. Well, I think the actual technology of Ozempic, of like what it was meant for, which was to support people with diabetes, blood sugar, high blood sugar, and um, insulin resistance, and obesity, yeah. basically. Yeah. Like, I think that that's great. Uh, what I don't think is cool is how it was immediately turned around and monetized for weight loss. And it's now being prescribed for, in my opinion, the wrong reasons. And I think what irks me the most is seeing the celebrity model trends with it because because your leaders and your like influencers for a reason and I just think it's not cool. It feels like we're going backwards, like like Anna yeah. Nicole Smith backwards. I'm like, yeah, what are like you doing? oh, fat burners are back. You're like, except now it's like a pharmacological intervention. Oh, this is gonna help. Yeah, I get what you're saying as far as it going going back for sure. Like we did this trend, like they used to prescribe <laughs> people, we did like they used to prescribe people basically like meth and it was legal yeah. and like <laughs> it's for people to lose weight and you're like, what are we doing? There's always a consequence and I think people for whatever reason don't like to acknowledge that. But when you're taking something that's altering your metabolism, there are consequences to that and you might not want those, but people I don't think are... A, assessing long term it's more of like well short term it's going to help me lose weight and that's really important to me right now and it might not be medically necessary for any reason it's mm -hmm. just a kardashian or something so you know that's where i'm just like we have to be mindful that there's consequences to using pharmacological intervention for your hormones yeah there's there's no free lunches in physiology 
right? Like mm-hmm. it will always take away from something else. That's how it works. You're either overloading or underloading some system so that something else happens. Um, and again, like Brooke and myself are not saying that like the people that need it, like shouldn't be on it, right? I think it's an awesome technology to, especially people with obesity, like who are fighting against genetics, the the mental por- part of like, I can't stop eating, I can't da da da. And like, how Ozempic is able to kind of help regulate those things. And I mean, give you just like, just another tool in the tool, a very strong tool in the toolkit to allow you to be better. So eventually you're off of it. Um, but I also don't know enough about Ozempic. It may be something that even when things are better, like, you have to stay on. And then we have to think about like other health practices to help with the things that Ozempic may be affecting uh, kind of on the other side. But definitely agree with, you know, this finite resource that is expensive. And now it's like, I'm going to take it to lose five, 10 pounds. Like, guys, like, first of all, do you need to lose five, 10 pounds? And then second of all, like, we're taking away from someone who is trying to lose like, 50 100 150 pounds and like put that into perspective like five you want to lose five pounds like go take a big poop you're gonna lose <laughs> three or four there right like you don't get you some don't, lymphatic drainage yeah. massage and like <laughs> yeah, rebound do, the do water and electrolyte and you're right? fine yeah. like trust me yeah so it you know it's it's just it's just um for sure definitely one of the worst things that happened this year and because it became so mainstream, it happened fairly quickly that like they ran out and then that made it more expensive for, for other people. Um, so definitely agree with, with that one. Um, I didn't even know this next thing was a thing. Cottage cheese ice cream. Who is yes. making that? Let me tell you, these TikTok trends are out of control. <laughs> and you know, what's weird is this is cyclical too, because if you think back I know. I think back to when I was in college. I don't even know when that was, to be honest. At this 40 point. years ago at this point. And it was ass. like a trend then that you would healthify everything. It was yes. like, how do we make like sugar-free, high-protein cookies? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this year, those kinds of things started again. And I'm like, no, we're not going back here. So this <laughs> absolutely makes another worse trend. Like, that just doesn't even sound good. But that's yeah. what what's happening is it's all these like health influencer trends that are lower in calorie, higher in protein, this and that. And uh, it's a slippery slope. And I, I draw the line at cottage cheese being made into ice cream. Yeah. Back in, it's funny you mentioned that back in 2013 when I was, uh, you know, getting ready to compete in bodybuilding and stuff, like it was the same. I, I would eat cottage cheese, strawberries, and um, sugar-free chocolate syrup just because it was like – it was sweet. It was calorie-dense. It was high-protein. And now I can't put cottage cheese in my mouth without wanting to throw up. I just – it was like such a crutch, and it was like the only sweet thing that I could have, but it's like I just can't do it anymore. And I'm I'm such a like – you know, like if you're going to have ice cream, like – have I have normal good ice cream (laughs) like make it fit somewhere else like yeah if you want halo top fine that's not nearly as good as much as I tried to lie to myself back then um as normal ice cream but have the ice cream it's uh it's gonna be a lot better for you um high protein high protein packed cookies also sounds pretty miserable like there's no way those are good right they like crumble 
Like they, they're not like soft and chewy. It's like, oh, I'm eating The texture is outrageous. Yeah. I mean, I used to make recipes for like high protein pancakes. I'm like, this is no, this yeah. absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, just go buy like Kodiak cakes or something like that. That's easier. They're going to taste a little better, but like some things, some things go by in the store. <laughs> stop, stop making it like that. Um, another thing that uh, I think is interesting because we kind of, we have different things on it is athletic greens. Um, so I want to hear your take on whether this is specific to like AU1 or if it's like all green, all green powders. Yes, this is a great question. So I'm just really tired of AU1. Their marketing is relentless and I think it's extremely overpriced and I think you can find better options for what's what happening. Be, what would be like a better option in your mind? Well, like AU1 is really meant to be like a multivitamin that's made from food and then they add probiotics and some other things to it, which you know how I feel about probiotics. So I'm not going to hammer on that. So I'm just, I'm a bigger believer in like eat your veggies and then we can supplement micronutrients from other angles and do it at a way more affordable price and then not include things like unnecessary probiotics and we can use targeted probiotics when they're needed. So I just am like not a fan. However, I'm not dissing all greens powder. For instance, like there are a lot of different greens that can be really helpful in different detoxes, helping to pull heavy metals out, helping to support your liver function with dandelion greens. But I'm just a big believer in like don't overdo it with a bunch of unnecessary stuff. Let's just mm. use these things when we need them. Um, and I'm a big believer. We'll talk about the when we get to best trends, but I like things like cod liver oil and beef liver for nature's multivitamin versus athletic greens. So, you know, that's where I stand on that one. Yeah, I, you know, I think you know some of our some of our athletes uh, use athletic greens and. Um, it's, it's also like when I think of, I don't want to call another hydration, uh, company, but it's, it's almost like a shotgun approach, right? That it makes sense that I should be able to take this thing that covers so many bases that my like health is going to be better, right? I'm going to get my micronutrients. I'm going to get, um, like you said, pre and probiotics and like everything. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm, I'm nailing it. I'm, I'm covering all, all bases, but the problem with a shotgun is that sometimes other things that shouldn't get hit get hit and they get overloaded. And so now we're talking about, like you said, having too many probiotics for too long. Um, we won't even talk about how like if you have too much of one micronutrient that may pull from another one. And so it's like, yeah, when we look at like general health and general health practices, it makes sense to say, let me check all the boxes. Um, but I can understand how it's like when you do that, you are checking or overchecking boxes that are already checked. And now that may lead to, to issues. Unfortunately, the body is like beautifully balanced and you can't just like pump yourself full of one thing and hope that things are going to be okay. Um, because, you know, it's like, like I said earlier, physiology are no free lunches. And if you have excess of something, this is no like, hey, like we have a surplus. Hell yeah, we're gonna we're gonna utilize it. It's like, no, we have a surplus and that is blocking something else. So always yeah, interesting and I to mean, think about. I have to sneeze, oh man. Do it right into the Am mic. I gotta sneeze. Yeah, do it uh, right uh, into the mic. It like disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Well, when I was pulling up, I wanted to uh, look at the ingredients and I'm like reading all this and I'm just like, it's just, it's insane. Everything that's in it, like in things that just aren't necessary, like stevia. Um, I will say though, one thing for it is you like, usually with micronutrients, yeah, how you're saying like they're all connected and it's like a giant Rubik's cube is how I think of it. If one thing shifts, another thing shifts. So at least with this there, I do see some balance and some thought like there's copper and there's zinc, you know, like they're, they're trying to balance some of these things that are happening. And um, when it does come from food and they're trying to pull a lot of things from actual food powders, food tends to be better, more bioavailable, naturally balanced things. Like in, in, the, in the wild, like an oyster mm-hmm. naturally is really high in zinc and really high in copper. So you're balancing these things naturally because nature always knows better versus taking like a multivitamin that's just a whole bunch of the random man-made ones. Yeah. It's not the same. So I will give it that, but I just think it's just way overkill and not necessary and we can just be really intentional and do other things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's again, you're you're applying or you're like trying to um appeal to a wide market, right? So like you are an N of one in a lot of ways. And so like what you need is very different. And while this may hit 50, 40, 30% of people, right? Um, And you may lie within that, like you also may not. And because it's a lot of things, like it may only help 50% of 50% of your stuff. And then it'll only be 50% effective, right? So it's like, kind of like you said, that that Rubik's Cube. Um, My kind of challenging take, was that me? Was that you? Sorry, I thought there I heard something. There might have been something. birds here, probably. Oh, okay. It's yeah, like the lost raptors scree- I hear them like <laughs> screeching in the background. I mean, to be honest, I feel like I live in Jurassic Park with the side of the spiders I've been seeing, but <laughs> it's the birds here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. R.I.P. the brook. Um, it's like that scene in Lord of the Rings. Uh, anyway, um, my, my I guess, hot take for worst trend is, uh, is TRT, so testosterone replacement therapy. Um, this is kind of like the Ozempic in my mind where if you have low levels of testosterone or you're older, right? Like you are 50, 60, 70, life is hard, man. Like I, I'm 31 now. Uh, and like we, we have all been through stuff that's going to affect our, our health, our ability to stay healthy. Um, and you're only, you know, well, I was going to say you can only be your best self at a certain amount of time. And I don't agree with that, but um, what the reason I'd, I look at TRT kind of as a worse trend is because we're moving away from someone who is 50 and is like, Hey, I'm just trying to keep up with like life. And like my testosterone, like is naturally declining because I am older and I have these stressors. So that as an aid, I think is like very good. can be very good for your sexual health, muscle development, like feeling like you can do things again what i don't agree with is when a teenager is like hey i'm trying to use this for steroids right like that's in itself its own thing but um someone who's in their mid-20s or even mid-30s and it's like oh my testosterone's low like i'm gonna get on trt how are you eating how are you sleeping are you doing any exercise what is your stress life like or that what is your life stressful, right? Because 
I mean, I think that it's such a cheat code in a way that like, if you want to do that, fine. I'm not going to say that you should or shouldn't, but like, we need to understand that stepping outside, getting into the sun is going to inherently boost your testosterone. You lifting weights, even for, ooh, a storm's coming in, even for a short amount of time is going to help with testosterone. And I feel like it's just one of those things where, you know, we are just like, we're relying too much on the pharmacy of it. And that is going to have problems either immediately or down the line. And outside from like, oh, now you have back acne. That is going to be the least of your problems when your balls have shriveled up. And now you have to be on this stuff for the rest of your life. And you're 30 years old. Like blood pressure how issues, does that make heart sense? issues. Like yeah. there's a lot that can go wrong. Yeah. Everyone thinks muscle just like my biceps, but like muscle, like your heart is a muscle. And if that gets enlarged to the point where like it can't, it's too much for your body, like you will have a heart attack. <laughs> like these things aren't like it's real. It's very real. And, and I think that with, you know, social media and influencers being like, oh yeah, like, um, it's just a little, it's just a little testosterone. Like it's not steroids. Like Dude, it's steroids, like whether you want to believe it or not. um, And that's going to that's going to affect not just yourself, but people that are watching you and being like, oh, it's just a little like it's not like nobody's like, I just smoke a little crack. Like, dude, you smoke crack. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's what it is. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of my take on on the TRT stuff. Well, you know, I agree because I'm like all about the root cause, like what's yeah. really yes, going exactly. on. And like then and if it's just about optimizing because you want to build muscle. Awesome. We can also do that just yeah. with your life and cleaning up your life and your food. And I think there's very real reasons that we are seeing testosterone decline from what it used to be. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of it has to do with our environment, our mental stress. Sure. Like, this is a huge reason I created this whole program in January because it's very real that we've created a lot of issues with industry and a lot of the products and chemicals that were around. And quite literally, there's 1,400 of them that interfere with the way our hormones work by either mimicking them, partially mimicking them, blocking receptors, all this we can clean up. So like there are real issues as to why we're seeing hormone dysfunction, infertility, low testosterone, but you can fix it at the root and you're going to be much better for it than leaning on a pharmaceutical, in my opinion. Yeah. Also, if you're scared of needles, not a good time, you know. <laughs> uh, and then my other hot take for worse things, worse trends. I didn't, this really didn't start off as a hot take, but um, functional training. Now, the the reason I <laughs> I get kind of upset with functional training is that one, any and all form of training is functional. If you're getting strong, if you are getting better, that's a function. All right, like that's the main thing. Second thing is like I think that people and i think that this will always be a a worst of 2023 four or five six wherever is that people think too much about what is appropriate what is functional like are you training hard are you training enough to elicit a response no then i don't care if it's like functional i don't care if it's you know going to if it fits within a certain rep scheme or if you're like, you're hitting all the things you need to hit. The main thing that's going to drive an adaptation is you training hard and you training hard consistency consistently. And if your whole thing is, 
well, I can't really be as functional as I would like with my training, whatever functional means to you. And that's why you aren't working as hard. Like that's a cop out. You are overanalyzing things. And I like, I hate to be that guy. It's like, just get to fucking work. Like that, that's how we, that's how we change things. You know, Um, it's like in the same way. And, and, you know, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but if it's like, Hey, there are zero apples around, it would never happen. Right. There's zero apples around. That doesn't mean you're just like not going to try and get the nutrients that come from an apple that like you need. Maybe you supplement it. Maybe you've had other foods that like will do that. But just being like, ah, it's just not the best thing around. So I'm not going to do it is it's just poor, poor thinking. I just think there's people out here trying to do too much with this whole functional training Mm, thing. Like, why are you doing a squat standing on a med ball? Like, I just think you're (laughs) doing like, it's just ridiculous. In in my opinion. Yeah. In my opinion, like the way to spin this as a, like a good thing would be, how about you actually just go outside and do the thing? Like you don't Mm. even need to be in a gym. Maybe you just go for a hike or a run or like even just being on different terrain. I think about like, you know, if you're out somewhere rocky and you're kind of like having to scramble over rocks, like yeah. that's actually functional training in the wild. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, you're moving, you're doing something like that's, that's what it is. Um, I, I, a part of me now is like, dang, wish we had done like two different ones, all worse than all best. Cause my, my brain starts rolling, but we will cut that. Um, and we'll, we'll move on to some of the best things that happened this year, because I am uh, what I call myself a professional hater, right? TM. That's what I love to do. I'm a skeptic for everything, <laughs> but I, you know, there are a lot of good things that happened this year in, in, in the space and moving in the direction that I think is really important. Um, and one of the, the things you put up here in your, um, your top list was blood sugar education. Um, tell us, tell us a little more about that. Yeah. Shout out to Nicole. This was actually Nicole. If you guys have been around shout for out a while, Coco. one of the OG co-hosts. So I lo- have loved this trend because it it gets us to think beyond in it, about food in a new way that a lot of people that aren't in this world, you know, maybe haven't. But it's understanding the way that your body responds to food, types of food, balancing food, the meal timing, and like really understanding the relationship with blood sugar, which to me is a really important metabolic health marker is what's happening blood glucose mm-hmm. our a1c so it's like more of a pattern of what, what we do with our blood glucose because this is a huge predictor in what's going to happen with our metabolic health and now we even think this is a huge predictor in what's going to happen with things like dementia and and so i love this trend i hope it's here to stay because in my opinion this is a root cause solution to learn about blood sugar levels and understand food in a in a deeper way to support metabolism, hormone health and long-term health. Yeah. Yeah, definitely and and like it, I think it makes people more cognizant about their their health choices as well, right? Like hey, when you're not sleeping, that's affecting it. When you are not recovering, that's affecting it. And so now we're kind of moving away from oh, carbs are bad and it's going to spike my insulin. It's like okay, well, carbs are going to spike your insulin because that's what it's supposed to do. <laughs> like, And yeah. like, how can we make sure that it's in an efficient way so that, you know, all the health benefits that come from your body working the way it's supposed to when it has the food that it's supposed to, to keep you surviving and thriving and competing um, is, is really important. So yeah, shout out, 
Coca. That's that's a really cool cool trend. Um, I do know that some companies are working on kind of a like kind of like with what your watch, like a continuous insulin uh, blood sugar kind of tracker. Um, while I don't think that's necessary, especially if you have health practices, I think it may be really cool for someone who's like, you know, has to be in tune with that. And instead of having to take a blood prick every time, it's like, hey, look, I'm my watch is showing it to me, or I have this other thing on my arm that is like continuously monitoring it. And um, yeah, it'd just be cool that more people will see that more people will be like, Oh, that's neat. And then they'll try to learn it. And then they'll involve themselves within their like daily life and stuff like that. Um, yeah. The other one is using your PTO baby. I mean, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's great. I think, you know, especially for, you know, in the, my line of work, it's like, it's just like a grind for months on end where there really are no days off, which is like just a, a part of how it works. Um, but when you do get that time off, like it's, it's a balance between I want to help my athletes and players. I want to be helpful for the org. Um, I want to compete, right? Like against these high competitors that like are also in my position in other places and being like, oh man, when, when you're not working, they're working, they're out working, you know, but at the end of the day, like you take PTO, you take time off so that you can continue to do your job well, right? If you're always working, one, the work will always be there. It's something that I strongly believe in that I tell people that's like, if you don't stop until things are done, then you will never stop because things will never be done. Um, but like, you just become much more efficient when you are feeling good. You take time away, kind of helps you process other things um, and just gives you like that. It just helps you remember like why you're doing what you're doing um, or, you know, can can kind of tell your brain that this is not what we should be doing and maybe I should be refocusing. Um, so I wanted to get your thoughts on on that. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of people actually taking their PTO. And I think as an entrepreneur, like speaking to that experience, there are definitely seasons where I will work like 12, 14 hour days. Like I'll be at it because there's a project that needs to get done or there's some type of push. But then I take that time off when I can. So I just also want to speak to like, it can look non-traditional if you don't have a boss and you don't clock in nine to five. But I still think having that time to carve out time for yourself, because like Rose said, there's always going to be stuff to do. There's always a to-do list. There's always more to get done. But I think finding that balance is just as important. So maybe if you have a more non-traditional job, you're a contractor, you're an entrepreneur, just as important to use that PTO, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I agree with definitely everything that that Brooke said, I don't, you know, I also would like to have a non-traditional job at some point. I think that's kind of the the goal. Maybe I not feel like you have Rica, a non-traditional but... job. You know what? Touche. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yours is just very, a different intensity. <laughs> yeah, a di different kind of non-traditional job. That's that's very fair. Um, I, you know, we we had on uh, uh, previously like lymphatic drainage and, and we also had on some people that like talked about 
skincare and, and health, especially with um, getting to your big day. I'm, I'm blanking on the names and I feel really bad. Elizabeth. Um, yes, Elizabeth Makeup and artists, stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think that kind of leads us into like holistic beauty and skincare. Um, I like from a male's perspective, I, you know, I've never like cleaned my face or like washed it or something. And I think that most, most men probably like haven't. And there's like a, a meme, right. That like men have like clearer faces than, than women. And I don't, I've always kind of thought like, one, is it because like, you know, we don't, wear makeup inherently so like there's like less things kind of like we'll say clogging our pores I don't know enough about that but is it also that I remember when like my sister was growing up she just like was just like putting so much stuff on her face and I just am not thinking like I'm 30 that you know women I grew up with are around my age now and that's like 18 years of like putting potentially chemicals on your face and like things that like maybe weren't that great and like is that why skincare like is is worse or like you know like there has to be some some connection there right Mm -hmm. and I want to get your thoughts especially because you are someone who has who did that you know growing up and whatnot and um and I just have been very blessed to have beautiful skin so like you know what are what's what's the thoughts there and like obviously that was a trend of this year and like I just kind of want to see how that happened in in your mind well as I was doing research for the new program because a whole portion of it is about this there's these stats that women put like 180 plus chemicals on their skin a day because of all the crap that we use in this terrible you know standard beauty standards world um my skin has never looked better as when I did way, way, way less. And I was someone who Shocker. was on Accutane. I was on all kinds of really heavy things when I was younger. But the truth is that your skin has a microbiome just like your gut, and it's connected mm. to your gut. Um, and a lot of what we see, it, whatever is happening on the inside is going to get reflected and and our skin. So that's definitely a big piece of it. And there's a a big root cause healing aspect and connection to the gut and to hormone health when it comes to skin issues. And then, yes, it's absolutely all the crap that we put on our face. I mean, if you think, just think about, especially our age, like growing up, the solution was take this like very insane, like Ives scrub that's like sandpaper to your face (laughs) and then like basically rub a pad of like Stridex alcohol over it. And you're like, what the hell? Like, and you're like, yeah, makes sense. It's killing all the bad stuff. No, you're just like destroying (laughs) the surface of your skin, drying it. Like it's just terrible. And so I think we're trying to find better holistic solutions. I love the beauty tools. I love gua sha, like facial cupping. I love like all these things are shifting. I love this idea of um, oil cleansing and using different oils on your face. Like now I care much more about natural and organic. I started making my own face washes with like honey and really high quality baking soda and doing different things and experimenting. Never looked better. Okay. And it saves me hundreds and hundreds of dollars. (laughs) Um, And it's just, I think this is a trend that's here to stay. And I think the reason I love it so much is because it's rooted in like, let's stop with this whole Botox fillers. Like let's really embrace 
not like take care of yourself and and take pride in that and have those rituals that make you feel good. But like, let's do it in a way that's actually good for us. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to get Botox all over my face. Mm -mm. That'll be Mm -mm. be a good time. Don't even get me started on that one. And I used to do it, but mm -mm. (laughs) yeah, we got to, that'll be an interesting one because I know some people are like, I'm getting to the edge where they're like thinking about it. Some are already using it and I'm like, I'm I'm just so confused. Like where I'm 30 and like you were around my age or like four years younger than I am. Like, what are we, what are we doing? Well, I was sold the narrative that you start before you wrinkle. So I started Botox in my early twenties because why Mm. even start wrinkling? Man, that's crazy. Whereas like, I love the wrinkles. Like for me, I'm like, I laugh and smile so much that it's like, that's what I, that's what I want to look my face to look like. Just like, permanently just kind of laughing and just having these nasty ass crow's feet just be like whatever dude i had a good life i have <laughs> them like the smile lines around my eyes and stuff especially uh-huh. and, yeah, and yeah, but yeah, i yeah. like them and i think it's yeah. like i think there's something really unnatural looking about people who have quote unquote aged in hollywood and they just like their face looks like a piece of plaster and i'm like i don't this yeah. is this is a little creepy you think dolly parton's face looks normal it does <laughs> <laughs> bless like, dolly do not that? hate Be on dolly guess. she's a no 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 but she uh, like great human yes. i think great humanitarian and stuff but you know need strictly from a face looks like a doll for <laughs> 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 a portion um, I do think, uh, yeah, all, all great points and, you know, something that as maybe you raise your uh, daughters, nieces or whatever, um, or as like you moving forward, you start to think about like, hey, the way we did it back then just wasn't right. And maybe it's more right to do it, do it this way. Um, and as Brooke said, like, she she looks better than than she ever has, and let's be honest, the low the bar was very low. Excuse but me. it's all it's all good. <laughs> just the hey hey now hey now. <laughs> um, another thing I I did see this year is uh, sleep habits being like, I mean, just super focused on. I think, and and I'm I'm guilty of you know like I get back from work, it's like eleven thirty. I know I have to go to sleep and there are days where I'm like, I just want to play video games because I literally was at work all day. Um, but as I get older, right, the the impact that sleep has on the ability to recover, the ability to gain muscle, to feel better, like it, I will stop playing video games so that I can lift better the next day, right? That's just a trade-off I have to make now because I am older and like I just am not 20 being able to go on a six-day bender and still make gains, you know? Um, but I think that we're moving into, like, you know, blue lights, uh, putting screens or filters over the screens that you're using. Um, one thing that I want to get to eventually is having, like, lights or red lights installed in our um, living room and our spaces so it's like, hey, we're trying to – like, yes, we may be sitting here watching TV or like winding down for the day, but how can we get these lights to kind of start us to get into that restful, kind of more sympathetic um, or parasympathetic nervous system being turned on so that it's like, it's time to sleep. These lights are helping us kind of like reminding us it's time to sleep um, so that when we go to bed, it's like you're out and not just kind of sitting there being like, oh, maybe I should check my phone, maybe we should blah, 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 but all that stuff is is becoming more mainstream. Um, I think that it's it's just that 
again, a, a remnant of COVID that like if you grind and you don't sleep, you mess up your life and you die earlier. Like that's it's just pretty strong science out there saying that. Um, and so if we can maximize our sleep, then we maximize really every portion of our lives. A hundred percent. And I like the kind of like biotech stuff coming out around sleep. I really do mm. like the cool lights, the red lights, the blue blocking glasses. Like I'm really enjoying this trend and seeing this trend. I do have like a, a budget hack for people who don't want to invest in like the really nice hue whole bulb system for their home. Um, basically when the sun goes down, I have all these little amber colored string lights or I changed all the bulbs in my house to be amber colored so they're different and then I don't that way I don't have to have like it's also really hard to get those kind of things here in Costa Rica so what I'll do is I'll just turn on very minimal of whatever amber colored lights I need and then I use a lot of candles so that really helps if you want to just that's the budget to the bougie but they do make really cool light systems where you can change the colors and at certain times there's certain colors like that's super cool that's what I want. Yeah. I also think we need to do that at, at work. I think that's kind of another. Fluorescent another... lights are killing people. I'm like, Jesus. Oh, my God. They hurt my eyes They're so much. They're bad for morale. Like... They're bad for your body. <laughs> like, just don't. Yes. Morale is huge. Yeah. You're just like, God, I haven't seen the sun, and this is all I'm looking at. Um, yeah. So I, I want to kind of combine the, the last two. and uh, Not that they're the same, but I think they kind of fall within the same area. Um adrenal mocktails and then like using things like beef liver or like whole weird meat pieces uh to supplement um you know things that we just aren't getting when we have just ground beef steak uh chicken and fish yeah so well when it comes to the meat piece that's definitely like a a product of factory farming and well now it's a whole world thing but it, it what used to be just a U.S. thing. But um, I think that I, I like this trend shifting to essentially really thinking about intentional supplementation when it comes to micronutrients. And I love the trend of organ meats and a lot of people will even freeze dry them and put them into capsules. You can buy them this way if you don't want to be a homemaker and have free time. But I think that these are really great ways to get micronutrients that's more bioavailable. They're better naturally balanced, like I mentioned with the thing with oysters. Um, And I think that this is an awesome trend that I like to see because people will be like, oh, should I take a multivitamin? And I don't. Actually, like the multivitamin stack that I give my clients is usually beef liver capsules, cod liver oil, and then magnesium tailored to whatever they need, whatever type of magnesium at whatever dosing they need. That's usually if they're like, what should I take just because that's the stack and then add some high quality electrolytes, adrenal mocktails, whatever that looks like. So like that's my solution and and I love it and it it helps me. And I think that, you know, we don't need the nature's made with like 90 fake micronutrients that may or may not actually be bioavailable and absorbed and used by the body appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like one of the main things is like, uh, omega pills right but then they like sit out it's like well these there's like pretty strong research saying that if they're not like cooled or like in a fridge then the bioavailability is like zero yeah 
So <laughs> what are we doing here? You're just literally just popping plastic in your mouth at that point being like, ah, you know, like hopefully this exactly. works. Um, I, I love, I love that. I mean, uh, you know, and, and I don't want to get too, too much into that, but is that kind of how you feel with like your, your adrenal like mocktails as well? Because it's like, you know, things that are just like there to support and it's not some, we'll say greens even where it's like, no, this is kind of tailored to help with the the stress component or, or, you know, all the things that, that get cashed out when you do work and, and live life that maybe you don't think about. So I really got into when I started lab testing with clients is when this all started. I started doing one on one lab testing and I started seeing what's actually happening with people's cortisol and how it's influencing their mineral status and a different micronutrients and basically came to the conclusion that everyone is extremely stressed and needs some replenishment. Sure. And so an adrenal mocktail is really comprised of vitamin, something with vitamin C really supportive of our adrenals and our immune system, right? It's got high quality sodium, potassium, also something the adrenals will like just really burn through under states of stress, some type of magnesium or some type of magnesium in your day if you're not directly putting it into your adrenal mocktail because that's also like something the body uses a lot of in states of stress or magnesium burn rate and it varies a lot Mm -hmm. person to person. This is actually like something we, in my opinion, is hard to have just like a daily rec for. So that's what's going into an adrenal mocktail. And you're just mixing it up, having it once a day, and it's just a little boost, a little added boost. Um, or They do make supplement forms of this, but you can just do this all on your own. You know, coconut water and aloe vera juice are great for potassium, things like that. Nice. Yeah, my, my not so um, great mocktail is always like, ah, I'll crack like a ginger beer, lime, and salt. And I'm like, that is better than nothing. And I like the way it tastes, right? But that's like my poor man's quick cocktail there you go <laughs> and i and i stopped putting vodka in it so now it's like <laughs> actually a mocktail yeah yeah uh so i i also do kind of want to want to try to look at our trends for like next year i think um forbes put out a list um and it, it's like the the standard stuff of more um it's like more protein more plants, we don't need more protein well well-rounded diets I think people probably need more protein. I because May, okay, I, I get I'm thinking what you're of saying, like the influ- like, I'm thinking of like the fitness health world. I think it but if you're talking about like the standard American, then like probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's what I, I think we're talking about. Cause like e- people aren't getting the amount of protein that they need just at like a base level. Um, whether they're gonna get that from whole food sources, uh whey isolate protein or plant-based proteins like i don't care that's one of those things where i'm like we need to make sure that everyone is kind of getting their freaking protein so not just from a a health and or not just from a strength standpoint where like we're trying to build muscle but we need to we need to make sure that we just it's like the one micronutrient we're lacking in because it's very easy to get carbs very easy to get fats and we need to be strong but um yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with any of the health centered or the food centered stuff. Um, I do think that group exercise is still going to continue to be a thing, um, especially because there's just so much community in it. And I think that after again, after COVID, which is still funny to think about how it's been three years and it 
doesn't feel like it, but like people are still very like very influenced by I want to be around people. I want to be around people who are going to push me to be better. Um, that's not me, uh, as I've talked about plenty of times on the podcast. But it's it's very easy to continue doing work when s- your buddy is like, "Hey, are you coming to class tonight? I can't wait to see you in class tonight." And you're like, "Yeah, I'm showing up for them and for me, and now I'm their kind of support." And being able to to be a part of a community like that is is something that. I think we as humans all kind of inherently want is to like be a part of a community. And I know that you do group exercise mm-hmm. as well. And it's like, there's a commitment there that you, it just helps you go. Yeah. I like group exercise. I think the trends that we're going to see more of in this coming year, uh, maybe a little going a little rogue here, but I think that, uh, nervous system regulation will continue to be a huge focus. I think specifically I we're going to start to see more about somatic processing instead of just hyper-focusing on the brain and talking through stuff of like dropping into the body. And I'm here for it. Um, I also think we're going to start to see trends and people really making that connection point between trauma and stress and how it impacts physical health, which mm-hmm. is all of, you know, Gabe Mate's work. And I think he continues to put out a lot of incredible resources and um, teachings like he actually teaches people. So I think we're going to start to see that side of things become even deeper. And I think that as we're starting to see things like psychedelic assisted therapy become legal in the United States, I think that we're going to start to see some like really interesting cultural shifts around that Mm -hmm. as well. Like I'm, I'm really like watching how that evolves in the United States specifically. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm always from like a a performance standpoint, right? But like, at the end of the day, like you have, like your health has to be well enough so that your body can adapt to the performance. So like, you know, it's just peeling back and saying like, I'm I'm not a, just a strength coach or an exercise physiologist, like, I'm a physiologist now, like, we have to make sure that all the things are good. I do agree with the, the, you know, you said psychedelics and just mushrooms in general, because things like Lion's Mane is becoming much more mainstream. It's becoming um, NSF certified in some in some places, and and I think that's kind of when it becomes mainstream is when it's like, hey, it's tested here. You're not gonna pop for anything on a drug test or on a, a performance enhancing test. Like now, we can push this out to people who like maybe are high school athletes and maybe are college athletes, and they talk and they tell people, I take this, I take this, it's blah blah, blah and that just kind of permeates throughout throughout the space um i do think that probably my what i what i'm hoping for um and what i think is going to happen is kind of um a an increase in the use of like adaptogens uh the supplements like ashwagandha and rhodiola and you know it's it's not one of those things that you know that i think should replace all the stuff we've talked about but you know like sometimes like you are in a stressful state and is this supplement going to help literally balance you out from some of the research that's coming in? Like if you are too high stressed, it helps to lower cortisol. If you are not having enough cortisol, it helps to bring it up. And, you know, things that like I'll say are powerful, right? I don't think they're going to be like life changing, but they are going to affect things that may help you to slow down so that it affects sleep better. And then that is going to help but I think that the widespread use of 
things that are, I guess, considered more like Eastern medicine, right? Because it's like plants and different root things um, is going to become huge because of the marketing around it, because it's going to be in a, unfortunately, in a pill form. Um, and once the certified versions of those things come out, like I, it won't be surprising to me if like every athlete I know is like, oh, I'm also taking ashwagandha, rhodiola, um, and some mushroom stuff. Yeah, I think it's hard in the sports performance world because you do have to think about testing. Mm-hmm. Like that's that really yeah. is a huge barrier. Whereas for me, I'm just like working with people trying to live their best, most holistic aligned lives. Yeah. So there's a lot more leeway where I don't have to worry about if it's NSF safe for sports certified. Yeah. Like I don't, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, certainly the high quality of like where it comes from matters, but it's not like that. But I agree. I think like we're going to see adaptogens and things and, and plants becoming more popular supplements and things that we're using for like mind, body, soul benefits, because ultimately that benefits you to perform better. Not that performance and productivity is like our, should be our total end goal is we've alluded to with our own definitions of success and take your time, PTO, things like that. But, you know, I think that we'll start to see that shift for sure. Um, and it makes me also like I'm I'm excited for it, but I'm also like almost like a little bitter about it because it's like, oh, like let's take these things that people have been using for thousands of years or at least many years as people have learned about it and let's somehow commercialize it and package it in the United States so sure, that yeah. you can have your fix. But, um, you know, I think as long as we continue to explore like ultimately what's going to make us feel better and be healthier then it's good yeah yeah I, I totally understand that that's also how i feel about some of the things that i'm like wait but i've been doing this for 10 years and it's like only becoming mainstream like i listened to this band before it was exactly. doing it, right <laughs> like i'm kind of one of those things but at the end of the day like it's like my end goal is to make people feel better and if now you're at a place where it checks the boxes in your mind because it's mainstream or whatever i don't care like Let's get rolling. Let's do that. Um, and probably the, the last thing, because I know that this this episode is getting long, I want to touch on is like things like emotional health, like the increase in people talking about therapy, talking about counseling and all this stuff. Like, I think it's huge. Um, uh, you know, I, I think there was a presentation I was on or I was at uh, this past week that really talked about like mental health first aid and like how we have CPR AED training um, that's like mandated. Um, and maybe it's time to get things like, like mental health certified or mental health first aid certified so that when someone is in crisis or is about to be in crisis, um, we can point them to the right direction. So it's not just like, hey, I noticed that like you have not been yourself keep at it. Right. But it's like, Oh, like, are there other things you're experiencing? And like, can we get you to talk to someone like who can get you to either think about this in a way that needs to be thought about or can make you feel better. I don't think it's any surprise that, I mean, think about like all the global stuff that has happened just this past year. And then think about how like as, as a millennial, right. Since 2000 and like, I was born in 92 and that's when like, like, you know, Iraqi war freedom, like started. And like my entire life has been like global conflict, global conflict. And Iraqi that war comes freedom with, was definitely after 9-11, wasn't it? 
Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of uh, there was something in '92, and now I feel like a, a jackass that I'm. Well, now uh, I was like, "How old yeah, am yeah. I? If, were you born yeah. around 9/11?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, but I mean, so it's like it was like that in the early '90s, and then you know, 9/11 happened, and then the financial crisis. You know, it's been a it's been a rough go for people that were born in the '90s for sure. Um, but like all this stuff is leading to anxiety. It's leading to depression and like if if we can have the tools to deal with that not just ourselves but to be like hey like Brooke I I love you and like I've just noticed that like some things are going on like do you want to talk about it right and like opening up those levels of like empathy and connection so that like people feel less alone or they feel like they have these problems that no one else is experiencing and he's like these stresses that only you know only the universe is placing on them and um, being able to talk about those things and recognize them and have the the resources be more like widespread and known is something that I think is going to happen more of next year, and I really hope does because there's like just so much benefit in even voicing. I feel anxious today, or like I feel really sad today, and and being able to speak to those things, um, I think is going to be huge. I love that. I'm with you on that. I hope that becomes a trend. More compassion, better communication about everything, how we feel, acknowledging all of that. I'm here for it. Let's sing Kumbaya in a circle together. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, deal with it however you want, but it, it won't be that way. It's like, just kidding, bro. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, dude, I was, I was, yeah, fist bumping. You're good, right? Yeah, you tough, right? Um, anyway, yeah, so I know that this episode's a, a little longer, but I just, it's always fun to, to think about what happened in this past year, uh, both good and bad, and then think about what's, what we hope happens the, this upcoming year. And then also, you know, what we, we think, whether good or bad, isn't like Ozempic's going to be huge next year, even no. though we don't want it to be as much. It will be like, just we're up against quote unquote. Next year they come out um, with the Ozempa Athletic Greens combo shot. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and I can't wait till they sponsor us. That's <laughs> you they know what? Try. pretty great. Athletic yeah, Greens yeah, at least they do, tries. They, yeah. they, they, they do try. Uh, shout out them though. I, I do enjoy the discount codes. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, thank you for uh, Brooke for, for talking about this. I always love the insight. You know, like we had another whole year of I wouldn't say we're like different, but like the the hippie inside and the science inside and like melding all that together. Um, I hope there's more of that in this next coming year. And then and I, I know there will be. Um, but for this episode, would you like to do the honors? Yes. Sweat. Cue that music. <laughs> All right. Peace out, everybody. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Health Unfiltered podcast. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform, rate the podcast, and share this episode. Connect with me, Dr. Alzola, on Instagram at ROI Health. For more details on all things sports and human performance coaching, visit GetROIHealth.com. You can find me, Brooke West, on Instagram at WestNutrition.co. For all the ways we can work together on nutrition and holistic health, visit westnutrition.co. And don't forget to send us your epic questions of the week on Instagram at healthunfilteredpod. Catch you next time.